Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. Today, I watched another Hallmark movie, Tulips in Spring, this time with a fellow podcaster slash a science teacher, Ollie Brady. Hi, Ollie. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm in shell shocked after watching this movie. Yes, a lot of I'm very not sure, shocking I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> yeah. So um, This is my first ever Hallmark movie. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I don't know what like TV channels you have, but like does ITV or BBC America do they do like crappy romance movies? They'll do their own versions of them. A lot of times they do period dramas very well. But it's I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. It's, it's not it's just I, I we have a lot of friends who podcast and we have a lot of friends who watch um these types of movies especially around christmas i think is a big time for Hallmark. Oh, yeah. and everyone goes oh they've got their own unique style but i've never really seen them there is a hallmark channel on sky but it didn't come in until i'd gotten rid of sky uh, um was so that i've never had a chance why? to watch it and uh, no, it wasn't why it was just because um streaming became a lot easier I so um, I used to watch Sky just to watch sports and um, like the big movie releases and stuff like that. And then when it became possible to watch those on the internet, then I didn't need Sky anymore. So it was like, bye-bye Sky. And then Hallmark came in just after that. And I know people who watch those movies, but I'd, I'd never actually seen one before. And I was shocked at what I was seeing. And not in a... Not in a salacious way and <laughs> almost the opposite of a salacious way whatever the opposite of salacious would be a chaste it was <laughs> it is super chaste. chaste everything in this movie i think they kiss a couple times i think that's at the, the end yeah at the very end there's a couple of kisses so i guess we just spoiled the movie guys there's kissing at the end they get together <laughs> <laughs> they, she she does kiss the other guy at the start but like really gently on the cheek yes so um, I guess we should uh, start describing this movie, <laughs> this shell oh, of a well, movie. <laughs> you, we should maybe we should maybe say what movie we watched too. Oh yes, we probably should do that too. So I think this was a 2017 movie called Tulips in Spring, and uh, there's a woman named Rose because it's uh, all themed around flowers, so she has to have a flower name. And she's an interior designer who lives in LA, and. There's a emergency. She has to go home, and uh, yeah, I'm already beginning to feel like what what is there to say about this movie? <laughs> what happens? <laughs> did did you take notes, Megan? I I didn't this time around. Yeah, because I, I I for the listeners, as we go through, I will tell you when I stop taking notes and. <laughs> It will be very obvious to, because, like, there's so much detail in this first page I have here. Like, and he does this, and he's a little bit douchey, and this is a little bit weird. And oh, there's Kristen Cohen. And then um, by the time I turn around to the second page, everything's written in giant <laughs> words, and it's it's there's no detail to it whatsoever. Like, competition spread out over eight <laughs> lines, uh, in inverted commas. But I do have my little predictions for what I think will happen in the movie. Ah. based on the title because I didn't look anything up on it but you said do you want to watch a movie called Tulips in Spring and I went Tulips in Spring that sounds fascinating 
so I wrote down three predictions as to what I think Tubes for Spring would be okay. about. Um, would you like to hear sure. them, Megan? Number one, girl follows boy to Amsterdam mm. um, and hijinks ensue involving accidentally eating a pot brownie. <laughs> yeah, Hallmark is not going to have That's anything one. to do with pot brownies, but sure, okay. Now, having seen this movie, I know that that was completely <laughs> off base. Um, number two, set in the world of professional flower growing, um, two rivals fall in love while possibly creating the perfect flower. Um, that does sound like a Hallmark which, movie. That could happen. It, it's not what happens, but it, it might, sounds possible. It's not what happens. It, it's kind of. And then the last one I wrote down is The Rock uh, chases the two people from um, the tulip uh, farm and uh, then he joins the group and it forms Tulips and Spring Tree, which is like kind of like a sequel to the Fast and the Furious movies. So, so it's just Dwayne Johnson's in this movie? <laughs> Dwayne Johnson could have been in the movie. This was... A, in fairness, was a far-fetched possibility. Yeah. Um, I, that's why it's number three in the likelihood of the movie section. So first likely is Amsterdam. Second likely is what I think is probably most likely two rival flower growers falling in love and making a hybrid. And then third was maybe they got enough money together to get Dwayne The Rock Johnson to come into a movie and do what now? But I, in my head, this was already a sequel. Oh, I see. Like there was... There was already tulips in summer, tulips in winter at some point, and this is tulips in spring. It's like the third movie in the uh, series, and The Rock has just joined the ensemble cast. I see. Yeah, my only prediction for this movie was that someone was going to make a pun about the word tulip, meaning the flower, and then tulips. Tulips. Because, you know, it's a romance <laughs> movie. That never happens. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> Wait, this is a romance movie? <laughs> I mean, there's two attractive people who look at each other a lot. That's a romance, right? That's how that works? <laughs> uh, that's true. I also have... I've written some things down about each of the the relative attractivenesses of the people oh as I was going along. <laughs> and I was reading it, reading it back afterwards going, uh, I'm not sure if I can say this on Megan's podcast. <laughs> oh I'd have to ask in advance. And yet... Even when we spoke earlier, you did not ask in advance. <laughs> no, I, I think it, I think it's relatively okay. Tame. Well, um, but this is my my first note is she's blonde, she's perky, but not quirky. <laughs> That's true. She doesn't have any quirks. She's just very excited about interior design. She loves interior. Is interior design one of the hallmark jobs? I've not seen it that shows up before. In Usually it's people have a small business of some sort uh, selling something really specific for Christmas or a bakery um, or they have a farm. So like a pumpkin patch, a tulip uh, farm, blueberries, something like that. But this is the first time I saw interior design. Well, the April Fool's Day one which was probably the most boring Hallmark movie I've ever seen. Even more boring than this one. <laughs> they worked for a um, like a social network kind of website. Ooh. And you'd think so. It was the ugliest website you've ever seen. 
<laughs> and everyone was ooing and aahing, like, oh, yeah, this is so cutting edge. And, like, maybe it was, because I don't even remember when that movie was supposed to have come out. But it was, it was, there's a problem a lot of time in cheap movies when you have, in the script, someone's made something amazing, like an amazing website or an amazing wedding that's, like, decorated perfectly. And then, like, they have to render this and it, it never looks that good. But everyone acts like, this is yeah. amazing. In this case, they had real tulips. That's, um, <laughs> that's what Dan McCoy from the Flophouse always complains about when he talks about Studio 60 on the Sunset Street. Oh, yeah. That they, the guys read the script and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And then when you actually get to see the sketches that they're putting on TV, they're not good. So, like, why is everybody raving about the sketch that they read in four seconds? And, yeah, that's I, I see that a lot in... Um, in website designs on TV and uh, yeah. and art. Pe- people who are meant to be artists and they're like, look at this. And you're like, yeah, it kind of looks like a gorilla kind of smeared paint on a canvas. But yeah, truly beautiful, beautiful art. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, she's an interior designer. The only Hallmark interior designer I know about, but it is very much a hallmark sort of job (laughs) no one ever has a truly boring job and she's very perky she's very perky and she's excited because she's about to is it her first real pitch as an interior designer i think so because she works for like a company that does it she doesn't she's not on her own and so i guess she's just helped out but now she gets to uh decorate something kind of by yourself, like taking lead. Yeah. So she has to give a pitch in order to be able to get, be given the job. And as she goes in, she meets her boyfriend, Rob. And I've written down here, boyfriend, he works in the office. He's handsome in real life, but not on screen handsome. <laughs> He's similar to, and I've put in brackets, similar to Julian McDonald from Nip Tuck. In so much as if you met him in real life, you'd think he's really attractive. But when you're watching him on TV, you're like, meh. <laughs> Have you met him in real life? Julie McDonald's. No, but if I, I, what I'm saying is, like Rob in this movie, if I, if I met him in real yeah. life and he was going out with my sister, I'd be like, wow, my sister's got a really attractive boyfriend. But I'm watching him on TV, I'm going, I mean, I could turn on to any other TV show right now and I'm sure I would find a more attractive man on it. Yeah, that's true. He's no Jesse Metcalf. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he yeah. gets two smooches before they even walk into the meeting. Mm, uh, but they're very chaste smooches. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, and then she goes into the pitch. And what I've written down here is she's in pink with flowers. Literally everybody else in the room is wearing gray or brown. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and and it's very, they're all very dull and she's in pink and I'm going, hmm, this might not go so well. And when she's finished her uh, very perky presentation, she kind of gets a, a non-response from everybody in the room. There's no applause. It's just kind of like, thank you. Interesting. Yeah, everyone seems mildly disgusted by her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, no one's grimacing or anything, but they're just like, oh, gosh, not her. 
That's exactly it's, it's they're not they're not disgusted. It's just kind of mm, I'd rather this wasn't here. <laughs> I'd rather not be in this meeting right now. Megan, have you seen this actress in anything before? The blonde, the Yes, main the main girl Rose. Uh if I have, I've forgotten her. She looks like what one of the Olsen twins would look like if they grew up and didn't go for the plastic surgery, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> I, 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 at one point I did think she is she an Olsen twin, but she's not an Olsen twin. You think they're secretly like what six of them? And they all, <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Like, yeah, look slightly different because <laughs> they all got like plastic surgery. Three sets. For two of them. And yeah, then... three sets of yeah. twins, and then the girl who's in is she. Is Elizabeth Olsen one of the, the family? The girl I have from. No idea. She's in the Avengers movies. I don't know. I think she, I think she might be. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check that up. I think she might be like an Olsen twins younger sister. Oh, possibly. Should be very fascinating. But, but yeah. Now I feel like I should have IMDb'd this movie. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> bring myself to do are. it. I genuinely couldn't bring myself to do it. It's like oh. I could barely bring myself to watch the all the way to the end, <laughs> let alone do any research. That's why my notes go from loads of detail about what the boyfriend looks like to the next page. Sabotage? <laughs> question mark. Right. Um, yes, uh, one person I did recognize is Kelly Rowan is in this movie. Um, she plays the boss, uh, the head of the um, interior design company, and that was uh, Kristen Cohen from DOC. And uh, ah. my little confession is that I. I secretly loved the OC when it was on, and uh, oh really? Yeah, oh god! I, my sisters used to love Dawson's Creek, and then the OC was like a slightly harder version of Dawson's Creek. And we <laughs> sat down to watch it one day, myself and my brothers. And uh-huh. Like, oh, the girls watching, and it had they'd just recorded. It was just the beginning of DVRs, and mm-hmm. uh, so we had one, and we were like, oh, we watched this OC, and all five of me, my so myself and my four brothers got hooked on the show. To the point where even when the oh, girls wow. the girls gave up watching it in like season three and we watched the whole way to the end. <laughs> I remember my two sisters were super into 90210. And mm-hmm. I like wanted to watch it with them, but I wasn't allowed. They'd always kick me out of the room. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, so, the, the remade 90210. Oh, no, no. This oh, the early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so we were, I was we weren't allowed to watch it, to watch it yeah. anyways. We weren't allowed to watch that as kids either. But that was more yeah. my father thinking, uh, I think that was him who banned it. It's like, well, I haven't those. Look at this, uh, this, how short our skirt is. <laughs> we are a Catholic household here. I did watch a couple of the new 90210 uh, for fun. It was like the longest Dr. Pepper ad I've ever seen. <laughs> Everyone has Dr. Pepper all the time. And there's like giant signs that say Dr. Pepper everywhere. It's crazy. I... I heard it's actually a relatively decent show. Oh. I mean, not that I saw it, but I only saw, like, one random episode. Yeah. Product placement has gone off the rails in American TV shows. I remember the the first season of um, Heroes. Uh, The the father of Hayden Panettiere gave her a new car, and you got to have, like, this little description from three different characters about how good the car was. Uh, Alias was the worst at that. There was like a, um, 
what do you call it? A chase scene. But like most of the time it would just like focus in on like the Ford logo in the back <laughs> of the car. <laughs> yeah. And the Chrysler and then yeah, the Chrysler um, logo of the front of the chasing car, like, oh they're oh it's yeah, exactly. so terrible. I think <laughs> there's one in season three season three of twenty four, um where is there right, because it's not a carry game available in Ireland, but it's it's a, a it's called a crossfire. Okay. And the only reason I know it's it's so it's like a, a Chrysler Crossfire, and the only reason I know it's called the Crossfire is because it's mentioned over and over and over again in the show, and they keep pulling up like so many scenes of them driving into a driveway in the Crossfire, and then getting out, and then somebody going, "Oh no, I left my files in the Crossfire." <laughs> I have to go back to the crossfire. <laughs> why? Why is right. it constantly saying crossfire? And it's like obviously twenty four had its own. Well, wait, why am I talking about twenty four? We're talking about tulips in spring. <laughs> you know what doesn't have a lot of uh, product placement? Tulips in spring. Doesn't. Tulips in spring. <laughs> uh, unless, <laughs> unless you want to buy tulips from Newell's Flowers. Precisely. <laughs> because her name is Rose Newell, and Rose Newell, despite being a uh, interior designer. Interior designer. I, I, I actually forgot what she did there for a second. Um, it's despite being an interior designer, comes from a family who grow tulips. In Massachusetts, was it? I think they said Massachusetts because she's a long way away, wherever it is. Yeah. And uh, and then something happens. What happens, Megan? That causes the massive crisis. Well, she does get the job which is good. But then she gets a phone call from her mother who says that her father has fallen off the roof. I don't think we ever know why he was on the roof, but he was on the roof. He's fallen off and he's broken his leg. Yes. I, what did you think of the mother in this movie? I think my favorite two characters are the boss and the mom. Cause the yes. mom, every time she like starts a scene, she just sighs and then every time she ends the scene, she sighs again. <laughs> oh. This is what I've written down for the mom, right? Because, again, this is at the beginning of the movie, so I'm, I'm super excited and I'm taking all these notes. She's drip-feeding <laughs> bad news to Rose. So she mentions that they've got a broker. She, that's something that her father would never want to do. She mentions how hard it is on herself and her dad. She mentions how her dad misses her but doesn't want to admit he does. And it's like this just drip, drip, drip. And then at one point, uh, Rose goes, oh, I must come home more often. And the mother, like very passive aggressive, says, oh, no, no, no. You make sure to look after yourself. Don't worry about us. And then hangs up the phone. and thinking, so wonderfully passive aggressive, especially with all the size between almost every word she says. <laughs> and then we get this montage of her designing the house. Because um, she got the job, as you said, and she's designing the house and designing the house. And then she would get her second phone call from Mam, And Mam says, your father's fallen off the roof and he's broken his leg. And Rose responds with, is he all right? And what was going through my head was, I really hope the mother says, no, he's broken his leg. <laughs> but she doesn't. The mother goes, no, he's, yeah, he's okay. He's in the hospital. The broker is with him. And then straight away in my, I went the broker is going to be boyfriend number two by the end of the movie. Because now yeah, this is the second gets, time. Yeah, I mean, even the first time she, like, mentioned him, 
it was obvious, like, this is a person you are going to later meet, Rose. Yes. And if I... you're going to meet someone who is male, this is going to be <laughs> your love interest. That's exactly what it was. It was like, why have they mentioned him twice without giving him a name? Hmm. Oh, yeah. My, that was my that she suspicious sense. Yeah. So uh, I can't even remember what his name was. No, I do know his name's Tom. 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 Tom Novak, a very, uh, a very strong, proud, and manly name. <laughs> Lots of consonants. <laughs> uh, so Rose offers to come home. She says, "But the tulips, Dad will need to harvest them." And then the mother says, "No, no." Like this is the second time she says, "No, no, no. Don't you worry about it. You look after yourself. You, you think about yourself, Rose. Don't worry about us." I'm thinking, "Come on, <laughs> Mom. Like, you, you might as well send somebody to grab her by this." cuff of her collar and bring her down <laughs> it was odd because I wasn't exactly sure what she was supposed to be helping with she doesn't seem to really help with taking care of her dad she's mostly just helping like actually harvest tulips which if they had hired another hand they yes could have dealt with like because... I don't know how much help she actually is <laughs> She's almost a hindrance in various points. <laughs> Although it is a good job she came home because as we learn later on, she can grow just about anything anywhere. Well, it's in her blood. It is. She's a tulip blood. grower through and through. She's, she's, she's a, a master or a mistress of those tulips. Um, so even though she got her new job and it's her dream job and she's doing really well designing this mega house, it's an amazing house she's designing. Um, she goes in and asks for two weeks off from Kelly Rowan. And what I've written down here is she's dressed in power suits and your mind, and she's got a severe haircut and she's very clipped in her speech. So I think we're, she's meant to read as being a bitch. A bit, yeah. But she's not. She's super nice. She's just That's focused so on funny. her work. Because <laughs> the first scene that we see her in is... She takes her to the house, and mm-hmm. she's taking her to the house uh, to tell her that she's got the job to design it and for her to actually see the space in person. Because before, when she put in her pitch, she had just been working off of photographs of the house. Mm-hmm. And so her tone the entire time is very aggressive. But she's not giving, like, a lot of specifics of what she wants, which is a little frustrating, I'm sure, yes. for her employee. But she's... Even though her tone is very like aggressive, what she's saying is actually all very positive. <laughs> so yes. she's like, I believe in you and you can do this and you need to do it properly because these people are important and I'm going to have to look over everything uh, you're doing. But yeah, you get you get to do it pretty much by yourself. I just need to like look at it uh, before you do it. And I think my favorite line was something like, if you do well, uh, you're going to get more responsibilities. But if you don't... She doesn't and finish she doesn't the finish the thought. It's just, and then she, she just says, dear, <laughs> if dear you close don't. personal friends of mine, they're off in France or somewhere. That's what she says. Yeah. They're off but in it, France. She does say, or somewhere. Does she say, or somewhere? She's off, they're off in France or somewhere. Like, <laughs> okay. And it's very... They're close friends. Very I don't know where they are. They love don't it. ask. But she, as you said, she sounds really aggressive. But it, but she's not. She's saying super positive and, and helpful things. And then we get more talk with Rob, right? And Rob is dropped in to check in and he's 
helping to look after her project while doing his own work. And I'm thinking, I know she's going to end up with the broker because they've mentioned him as the broker twice. So she's going to end up with the broker. So far, Rob has been sweet. He's been nice. He took her for dinner. Um, he gave her genuine advice when she said, she said, I want you to give me to be honest with him. And the, the advice he gave was, you mentioned flowers a little bit too often in your pitch. And in fairness, she did mention flowers an awful lot in the pitch. So he's given her relatively good advice. I, I've written down he might be a little bit douchey, but then <laughs> he's agreed to take on her work while she goes home to pick flowers while on top of doing his own work. And I'm thinking to myself, what? he's not a bad guy. So why is she going to end up with the broker? Because as we know, she's going to end up with the broker. I don't know. I kind of like it in movies when it's not like someone's with a jerk and then they end up with a non-jerk. I kind of like it more when it's just like, oh, we're a bad fit. And well, so that's, not that's <laughs> what happens in the end. I like that. That's yeah. that's well done. And he's very honest about it. And, and she's a bit shocked. But at the same time, she's like, yeah, you're right. But anyway, we're jumping ahead to the amazing finale of the movie. <laughs> so she goes home to Massachusetts. And she's walking around. I got a little confused about the geography of the farm, if I'm honest. Because there's like a farmhouse and she's walking around it. And then later when she finds her parents, they seem to be at the house. And it's like, yeah. you started at the house. <laughs> so where? She, Anyways, so she's walking around a house. And then she hears someone outside and she pops her head out of a window. And there's a man on a ladder uh, trying to fix a gutter or something. And he almost falls off the ladder hilariously. There's lots of crazy mm-hmm. music to indicate, this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was laughing. My side's very nearly split. That's how oh, funny this was. That sounds very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I was able to. I was just about able to hold them in. <laughs> he the the flowers I've written down here are very pretty flowers because she definitely does pull up at the home, and then she goes in and she meets um, our our hero um, Tom. But you're right. She she stops at these flowers and then later on she has to drive to the ones that she stops at and then walks to the house. I, right. I I'm confused by the geography as well because the, the, it's one hundred percent the same patch of flowers. I mean, I think it was because they weren't at an actual, like, tulip farm. They probably just had, like, an acre of land that they, like, were filming almost everything on. So they had to go, mm-hmm. like, buy the same, like, 100 yards of flowers <laughs> over and over again to make it look like, oh, so many flowers. Um, but it was kind of weird because she starts off at the house. Tom and her are in a truck. They go past some flowers. She's like, oh, look, there's hot houses." Or, I mean, she's like, what are those? And he's like, they're hot houses. And she's like, well, I know that. And then he's like, yeah, they they made them a couple of years ago. I guess you haven't been back recently. They mentioned that she hasn't she's, been back for exactly three years multiple times. They really want, you since know, she three left years. College. Yes. Yeah. It's three years since she left college. And in that time, her dad has aged a lot more than his mom or her mom has. <laughs> she seems much older than her. And... He's gotten very crotchety, and they, they don't talk, Megan. I, they do not talk. That's important. That was, that was interesting, because they go from being very tense with each other and him being very angry that she has no interest in 
helping to run the farm in any way. Um, mm-hmm. Later, he says something about her running off to L.A., and then she takes offense at this, and she's like, I told you I was leaving. It's not like I just ran away from home. Um, but, and then almost immediately, they're completely fine, and it's like nothing bad ever happened. Hmm. And it's because like... Because she, she had some up the stairs. Oh, I, I guess that mended everything. If once you once you carry a man with a broken leg upstairs, you're friends for life. <laughs> As the old saying goes. <laughs> I think it's it's an idiom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it but just seemed really strange. The they should have been like slightly strained their relationship, and then it gets stronger. But it makes it sound yes. like they're very adversarial, and then the next moment they're not adversarial at all. Yeah, the mother doesn't seem to want to even address the issue she just says oh you, your father will come around and then and for, like actually to be fair to the man he does very quickly yeah she's <laughs> right he's like i hate you rose oh rose i love you good night <laughs> basically yeah mm. so she meets tom novak and uh she goes for a drive with him and i've written down here he seems definitely too old for her which is i've written mm. down here because she looks to be mid 20s and he looks to be mid 30s to me and i don't not that there's anything wrong with a 10 year age gap but she seems to be remarkably young in comparison to him and he seems what's the best way to describe it hmm, he's coded as mature where she's coded as still being a dreamer and almost childish kind of with her color schemes and her constant talking about flowers so even though he's working in the flower industry he's all business and it seems it seems just like a strange relationship to start off but i don't watch many hallmark movies maybe this is a common thing um i don't know i thought they were pretty close in age like he was older i think maybe i mean it might have been just the way they were acting because he is you know serious businessman sort of person and she's Mm. from the moment we see her super perky it's strange because i thought she was gonna remain at that energy level and she is not (laughs) the rest of the movie she does calm down a lot yeah she's pretty much just a very average in terms of how (laughs) she acts (laughs) i don't know like it's hard to describe because it's like the absence of of any specific quirk it's like just very standard girl that's how she acts i don't know how to describe (laughs) it but she's definitely not perky and she decides that she's going to take over the harvesting and herself and tom are going to work together so then we cut to the next morning oh well actually going out to harvest there's a um there's a hilarious misunderstanding because he says he is tom but she doesn't know that he is Tom the broker because the broker has never been named. And so they, they go in the truck. Um, she is a little uh, flustered about the fact that he doesn't seem to think that she knows what a hot house is. Uh, they drive to a different house where her parents are. Um, and they're like surprised to see her. And then they're like, Oh, I see you've met the broker. And by this point, she's already like, slammed brokers as being really slimy and untrustworthy Mm -hmm. and i don't know why my father is going through a broker he's never liked brokers he's always taught me to mistrust brokers 
And Tom tries to be like, I think I should explain, but she already moves on to talk to her parents. And then her parents finally say, oh, I see you've met our broker, Tom. And then she doesn't apologize. She just is flustered and is like, okay. And then the <laughs> next scene <laughs> is the next morning. The next morning. Yeah, I, I completely blanked on that scene. I, I forgot it even happened because it's, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm flustered and then cut. Yeah, <laughs> there's goes. like a, a general way that these movies work where it's like, oh, us two are adversarial for some reason. Like maybe we're, I'm trying to get you to do something differently in your business and you resent me for that. Or maybe I'm trying to close you down or something and you resent me for that. And then we work through it and then we fall in love and then there's a miscommunication and then we fall out of love and then we fall back in love the end uh and then this mm -hmm. one they like had one scene where it was like oh she does not like brokers and then that's it there's it's never really brought up ever again <laughs> the fact that she dislikes <laughs> brokers or distrusts him in any way exactly it's never mentioned again nope that's that the brokers only are are slimy like her dad is on board like this guy was cleaning gutters or whatever he was on the house and he seems very nice and when we come to the, the rest of the movie, he's incredibly loyal. That's true. He, it's I, weird. So, I, don't, I don't know what you know about flower brokering or any brokering at all. I don't know much. But I would have assumed he would have come in and been like, okay, you and a bunch of other local growers are going to like come together and be competitive because you're going to all work through me and I'm going to get you all good deals with local retailers in the area. And then he would leave. But for some reason, he's also, like, helping to run the farm. Cut the flowers? And cut the flowers. It's, and I'm like, I don't think that's part of your job. I, I don't understand how it's his job at all. Because she, they show up the next morning and they come into the field and there's some people ready to obviously do the harvesting of the, um, of the tulips. All and white people. he comes in, <laughs> all white people, except for Carlos, who ends up, is it Carlos? He ends up being the bad guy in the end. Uh, Billy is the bad guy in the end. Oh, Billy. Yes. So, Billy. What am I saying, Carlos? I. Oh, my God, Megan. I'm not joking. I've written the name Carlos on the sheet of paper. There might be a Carlos, but he's maybe not. He's, maybe, maybe the actor is Carlos. Oh, perhaps. The uh, operations manager character name is Billy. Billy. Uh, no, I've also got Billy written down. So... <laughs> This is a this is a mystery to me. Um, <laughs> there might so, have been a Carlos. He's not an important character if there was. <laughs> oh, he just forgets mentioned that uh, in in passing. So Billy's there, and she walks up to Billy, and she's like, um, "Right, and you want to do this, 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 and this." And he goes, "I know." And then she goes, "Thank you for getting everybody together here." And he goes, "Well, it's my job." <laughs> Which, in fairness, like it did do seem incredibly competent. The uh, everyone else involved. And she tries to give a speech about the history of tulips and everyone's just kind of looking at her like, we just want to cut the flowers now. Uh, except they don't cut them. They're, they're digging them out and leaving them in pots. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, they have pot and um, plant business. And then they get as far as the hothouse and we finally get to the rub of why there are hothouses there. And it's fascinating. <laughs> It is very fascinating. See, Tom, as a broker, has um, he's kind of an insider in the flower world, and he knows the people who run this big competition for tulips and new hybrids 
And so he managed to get them an entry into the competition. So they have created a new hybrid, and once one has bloomed and it's close enough to the actual um, competition, they will submit it. And if they win, it will be a boon to their company and they'll be able to expand. And if they're a runner-up, they'll be able to do okay. And if they lose, they're losing the farm because they are not selling enough tulips. <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, understand how any of that works. Like, I mean, first of all, I appreciate the fact that this movie introduced me to the idea of competitive tulip growing. I, I, it's never something I thought about that I needed in my life, but now I know I can't live without it. <laughs> uh, secondly, win it's this big competition. We're not all that worried about it. We're not that stressed about it. If we win, it means great for the business. If we lose, we lose the farm. <laughs> what? <laughs> there has to be a halfway. It's strange to me that that's literally their only business plan. It's like, yes. what happens if you, like, lose, though? Oh, we're just not going to do this anymore. Wait, so you don't have any other plans about how to drum up business other than being a part of this competition and winning? Like, you know there's other people who are competing against you, right? Like, it's possible you won't win. <laughs> that's it, See, that's what came into my head was. Not even, because as we're about to learn, there is a problem with the new tulip. But not even if you don't make a perfect tulip your neighbor might just happen to create an even more beautiful hybrid tulip and because that's how i'm, I'm like as a, an expert now in the competitive tulip growing world <laughs> that's what happens sometimes sometimes people just hit that magic uh formula that creates the most beautiful of all things the tulips tulip um but because they didn't do it in the movie i had to do it in the podcast uh, this <laughs> it's just the most it it is beyond 1980s teen farce levels of incompetency from this um, farming family this Newell's farm who've been farming tulips for generations somehow have got themselves into a situation where they have to win a competition or go out of business I just if you've run a business at all surely you have to have more ideas than just one Especially one that's as risky as win a competition. Also, we never really know... This competition, is it, like, all over the nation? And it just happens to be taking place in their neck of the woods? Or is it, like, just, like, in the state or in the area? Like, I, I didn't know how many people were competing. It, they made as it sound like it was very hard to get an entry into it and you had to know the right people. That's like, well, you've been yeah. intergenerational there forever. If it's a local thing, why the heck haven't you been doing it before? <laughs> How is it difficult As... to get a comp like get an entry <laughs> into this competition? Unless it's like worldwide exactly. or something. Are there, are there a bunch of like Dutch people hanging out like in this competition in, in Massachusetts, and we never see that because they're just not a part of the story? I did I did not understand <laughs> the competition at all. I I, I as a fan of American TV, I just assumed it was the um, state championships they were in, and that once they win the state championships, then they'll go on to nationals. Oh, um, it's kind of like basketball it, or something. It's, it's like basketball or any random season of Glee. Because <laughs> um, you have to go through your state championships, and then right, you go on to your nationals. Right, and then you go to nationals. 
There might um, be regionals or in between. Pitch Perfect. Oh, there right. might be regionals, yeah. But I, you're right. It's definitely not regionals because people would know them if it was regional. Right. And they wouldn't have know. had the work to get into it. Like, But Tom pulled some strings with his connections in the competitive tulip growing world. Right. Because that's a thing. That's the <laughs> CTGW, the competitive tulip growing world. I would love a mockumentary just about that. That's what I wish this movie was now. <laughs> the competition is like Actually, not important be. at all. <laughs> but it would be great if we got like a slice of life from each different farm that's cr- trying to create the perfect hybrid tulip. Like, I think that would be a lot more fun than what this was. <laughs> <laughs> so they've in the, those hothouses, they've been growing this special hybrid tulip. But when Rose steps foot into the hothouse, there are no blooms on the tulips. Dun, and dun, this is dun. bad. Dun, yes. dun, dun. It should already be only, blooming. It should already be blooming, and it's only two weeks till the competition day. Exactly. At this point, I have stopped taking detailed notes. <laughs> so what I've written down here is competition, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, followed by no flowers. What happened here? I'm not really sure. Did the father... Uh, take painkillers and eat the flowers. <laughs> Did he eat the flowers? That's because he acts really suspicious. He won't tell Rose anything, and he's like walking away and not looking at her. And it's going, has he been? Has he been sneaking down in the middle of the night and eating the flowers like Homer Simpson <laughs> style? But um, it turns out that's not what happened. No. This is also the scene where we meet Violet because Rose and Violet grew up in the same town, where apparently all children mm-hmm. are named after flowers. And uh, <laughs> Violet, who often wears purple, uh, but not. <laughs> I've also I've written that down as well. Is that Violet? Because I'm I'm a little bit um, shade blind, so it, it's it's a version of color blind where I can't tell complex colors apart. So when she came walking, it was like, is that a purple or a violet or what is she wearing? And then I've also written down a question mark. It's probably orange. You know, you can't tell, Ollie. <laughs> I think the first scene she's not wearing purple and then the rest of the movie she is wearing purple but I don't remember what color she was wearing to begin with she's but whatever it was case, she's evil because she has her eyes on Tom, Tom Novak it's weird because later on in the movie we find out that she is up to no good and it is appropriate mm-hmm. that people are suspicious of her but until this information comes out there's really no reason for there to be any animosity. And yet Tom is so over Violet, like, from the start. Apparently they went on two dates, and then she's acted overly familiar with him, and he's like, dude, we are not dating anymore. Please stop. And she's made lunch for him, and she is like, oh, well, Tom's sticking around even if you aren't, Rose, but it's good to see you. And... um <laughs> She's trying to get Tom to work for her. What exactly does she do? Does she have a farm too? She she is a broker like Tom and she wants him oh. to become her regional broker or state broker, whatever it is. Okay. But she's definitely in the flower business. So right um, now he's independent and she wants him to work for her company. Work her because he's got a lot of connections and he's well liked because he's, you know, very handsome. <laughs> 
also, he is like a part-time farmer for you once he brokers for you. So why wouldn't you like him? Yeah. You get free labor. I, you would love to have that guy. I mean, he'd come around and he'd wash your windows for you. He'd like fix your gutters. He'd take you to the hospital. He'd hold your hand while you were there with the doctor. He's the best. That's, why would you love Tom? That's, that's Spinster, 25-year-old daughter of yours. He'll <laughs> take her off your hands. <laughs> oh, dear. So they don't like Violet because she's a little over the top, I guess, in her affection for Tom. Also, she's trying to get him to work for her, and he's interested in staying in independent broker. Um, and then she leaves, and then we get that scene with um, Rose and her family where there's, like, some tension, and then later we get another scene where she helps him up the stairs, and now there's no tension. And It's, it's literally as, as quick as that. For those of you yeah. listening... What Megan just described takes as long as this thing. They they have tension downstairs. No she tension has upstairs. her old man upstairs, and then the old man said, or the old man, her old man says, uh, "Good night, Rose. I love you." Downstairs, it's like we can't be in the same room. Upstairs, <laughs> good night, Rose. I love you. Go down exactly. and get my glasses. And then she right. finds out the Violet's going to try and buy the farm if they don't win the competition. Right, and the mom again. Enters the room by sighing, uh, mentions the fact that uh, Rose's father is now on some sort of blood pressure medication. The way she yes. delivers that information, I was like, oh no, does he have cancer? Does he have something like really debilitating? And it's like high blood pressure. And I'm like, <laughs> high blood 70% pressure. of Americans over 50 probably have high blood pressure. This is not big news. <laughs> and uh, what I've written down here is drip. And I, I, I'm going to take a picture of it, send it to Megan. Right now, this is what I have written down here. Drip, dot, 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 dot. Drip, dot, 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 dot. Drip, dot, 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 dot. The bad news keeps on dripping down. Like, that's the way the mom does it. There's no, your dad's got high blood pressure. It's, oh, he didn't want me to tell you. I thought he might tell you himself. I need to give him his pills. His medicine is very important. The medicine that he takes for his high blood pressure what that's seven <laughs> little individual sentences to say your dad's got high blood pressure it's like the exact opposite of my mom who just tells you bad news like oh by the way something terrible's happened oh you're upset about that sorry about that <laughs> yes but it, i guarantee you that's a way more efficient way oh yeah my mom's super what, efficient <laughs> yeah the mom in this reminds me of um with all due respect to the acting abilities of both ladies, the mother from the room. Oh. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen her, but that's the kind of delivery she gives. Ah, oh, I know I'm dying. How do you know you're dying? Oh, the test results, they came back. It's cancer. Like, that's the kind of delivery the mother is giving in this. I don't know. I think the mom in this is way more concerned about the fact they might lose their farm and way more concerned about the fact that her husband has high blood pressure then that woman is about having cancer like she's just miffed that woman from the room is like miffed that nobody cares that she has cancer like almost mm -hmm. in the way that you might be like and everyone canceled on lunch with me and i was like sitting at the restaurant and i was so annoyed <laughs> that's how she <laughs> delivers that line about her and i have cancer uh, which yes. is the best line of anything <laughs> Oh, the room. Uh, 
the room is great. Um, much better than this movie. Yes. She exclaims Violet when she reads the thing that she shouldn't have read, right? Now, this is a... I'm not sure how American households work, right? If I get, went downstairs in my parents' house and my parents are both in their 80s... Well, my dad's in his 80s, nearly 90s, and my mom is in her 70s, nearly 80s. Okay. And if I went to their house and I was sent out to pick up some reading glasses and there was a closed-over folder on the table and I decided to just pick it up and read their financial information from it my dad would take me out back and kick my ass for me <laughs> I mean the dude is nearly 90 I have no doubt he would be able to do it he's a former um, Green Beret British soldier He, my dad would hockey me right but why does she just feel like it's okay for her to pick up and read somebody else's I don't care if they're your family It's you, you don't own your family's financial statements but she does. And then she exclaims, Violet. And then she walks out to the hothouse. She doesn't go upstairs to ask her mum and dad why Violet has made an offer on the farm, which is what we find out later on. She walks out to the hothouse. Maybe she feels embarrassed for having snooped on their stuff. She can't just be like, hey, I snooped on your stuff. And I see that you might, you know, be but giving the why, farm over to Violet. Why the hothouse? Because this is the thing. She had to drive to the hothouse earlier in the day from the home. She so she nice just walks out walk. of the house. <laughs> you know, how you like amble about when something's bothering you on your farm. Well, anytime, anytime I find out that Violet is going to uh, buy my parents' farm, I always walk to the nearest hothouse. <laughs> um, but the important thing is she gets to the hothouse, she opens the door and dun, dun, dun. The hothouse is cold. And hothouses are not supposed to be cold. That's why they're called no, hothouses. No, they're meant to be hot. They're called hothouses for a different reason. And it turns out that there has been sabotage going ahead. And sabotage. there's only three people. Sabotage. Only three people have a key to that hothouse. It's the mom, the dad, and Billy Stroke Carlos. <laughs> I don't know. Is his name in any way Carlos? It, I probably not. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea what Carlos is written on. I have not gone to IMDb, like I have said. But let's hope definitely it's he's... Carlos. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't I know where that's writ- from. I haven't just written down Carlos because he's got tan skin. Oh dear! Then I would feel incredibly. Oh yeah, that guy, uh, Carlos. <laughs> um, but he's the only one, so it must be him. But why would he? Like n- nobody bothers to question why would he be sabotaging the flowers? right the thing with billy is they they feel it is not the mom and the dad obviously so it has to be billy Mm -hmm. process of elimination fine but do we ever get a scene where they uh fire billy or confront billy or anything because i feel like there's one scene where he's like billy is on the street (laughs) and (laughs) i did not mean to talk about billy eichner i just meant character is literally on the street and um mm-hmm. rose sees him and i don't know what she sees um but she's like concerned about it i don't know maybe he was talking to violet or something but she's like huh what is billy up to and then later of course we see that you know the hot house is made cold there's been sabotage it's billy and then i don't think there's ever a scene where they talk to billy about it unless no I forgot that's it. it he's done 
Um, and, and I just so looked then, up like, Billy's, is he, is Billy's he name is Dave in real life. Fired? Oh, his name is Dave. Wow, you're just a racist. <laughs> uh, it, it might be. I'm not so, that, there's nobody. I'm, I'm trying to, desperately to find somebody named Carlos written down there <laughs> somewhere. Or maybe you just started having like daydreams about other stories that would be more interesting than this one that happens. It might. That could be it. It also could be because I was reading a book that had a featured a character named Carlos. So maybe I wrote that down by mistake. But whatever happens, there is no Carlos in this movie, so I'm not going to mention him again. There we go. So it's strange because I assume they fired Billy because they think that he is the saboteur here. But then later, Violet knows information she shouldn't know about what they're up to at the farm. And then Tom confronts Violet about it when he sees her at the bonfire and is like Violet how is it that you know this information do you have like an inside man at the farm and it's like yeah dude she has Billy but why is Billy still <laughs> working for you if but he you've already fired it's actually him. <laughs> him who says it's actually him who says perhaps Billy has been giving you information but and why is Billy like still really there gotcha at that point? Yeah, exactly. He should have been fired. Like He's the only per- other person who was key. We don't get to see any meeting between them and Xavier. Sorry, I mean Billy. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just a random series of events that are somehow semi-linked. And then when they find out later on that it was Violet who was involved, it's because they discovered that she was the only person in the town that bought a thermostat. Because she's been using a thermostat to, um, or a timer, to turn off the uh, the thermostat or turn it down low, and it's like the only one who's bought one in the last six months, is you, Violet, as if this is like an accusation. And she doesn't just go, well, somebody could have bought it in a different shop. <laughs> yeah, that would have made sense, or been like, you know, there's this thing called the internet, and they'll send things to your house. Yes. <laughs> she's just. Or like, somebody oh. could have bought it eight months ago. Or nine months ago, not just the last six months. It could have been like someone could a have year already ago. owned one, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean because I bought one. Oh, by the way, mine is also in my house, and then just run off and buy another one before you get home. But it's just, oh, they're bad. But um, the important thing is the flowers have been dying, but that gets resolved because they discover that there is a thermostat issue, so they fix the thermostat. But the problem is. They've only got three days to grow those flowers. That's right. Three days. But that's tomorrow, says uh, the main guy, Tom. But no, but three days uh, because she gets a phone call from her very lovely boss, Kelly Rowan, who says, remember you promised that the work here would be your priority? Turns out we've got an emergency. They're coming back from France or wherever they were. (laughs) and, uh, And we need you to come back and actually finish your job, the one that we pay you a lot of money for and you went to college to train to be. And then our hero is like, no, I need to grow the flowers. So she plants one of the flowers outside and not in the hot box. This will come back to be important near the end. And she even like speaks to the little tulip like, why don't you, Mm -hmm. what does she call it, her other friends? Our friends, yeah. Yeah, Why don't you grow here beside your friends? Other friends. And I love the idea that, like, there's certain accents and certain ways of talking around plants that get them to grow better. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Like there was a study that says like Jersey accents are apparently really good to like grow plants. Um, That's Jersey, the garden state. No, Jersey as in England. Oh, damn. <laughs> Uh, although Jersey as in England, that's a very interesting accent. Yeah, I've I've heard like a couple people on TV with it once, and I derp. Oh, a Jersey accent. I can't wait. Well, I can't. That's, that was like an American accent. I know what was going on there. Uh, I I wouldn't even begin to try because, like, there's only like two or three accents that are British that I feel even remotely close to understanding well enough to put my. <laughs> voice to it if if it helps i can do a a passable jason statham impression but he's not from jersey so (laughs) that's not really useful it was funny at one point she like is asking the flowers why aren't you growing and i was like if you're gonna be that aggressive with them they're never gonna grow (laughs) (laughs) i've written this here she goes why aren't the flowers growing the answer is because you haven't watered them you've just been shouting at them (laughs) grow some water (laughs) They they need something to help but uh, she she decides she's going to um, put some hormones in there and, like, heat them up real big and diffuse the sunlight, and it's just going to oh, magically work. She gives work. a full or, explanation yeah. of what she's going to do because or, she has a green finger, we're told. She's got green thumbs. That's right. And the strange thing is you'd think they have two hothouses. You'd think that... They would have, you know, a third or half of them just chilling out. And then the other ones you would do all the crazy stuff to. That way, if you accidentally fry mm-hmm. your flowers and they die, it doesn't matter because hopefully the other ones will bloom. You know, have both and. And they're just like, oh, I guess we'll have to do it to all of them. And hopefully one will bloom. And it's like, what Megan, is it with your all and nothing mentality you here? <laughs> are in too deep. Um you're thinking about this like an actual pro uh, competitive tulip growing um, <laughs> world uh, participant, but these people are amateurs. They're they're only entering it for the first time. When you become a pro, um, you'll understand that you must do everything in trees. So you have one that you put into the standard conditions, the ones that you think will work best. Then you have your two where you're doing your extremes. But like obviously these are amateurs, so they just put all of them into extremes. I genuinely at this point thought that they had to produce an entire crop of flowers. They only have they only have to give them one pot, one, one bulb, one pot, one pot that has and one yet bulb still. that has a few blooms on it, and they have I don't know like a couple dozen of them, and There's yet, hundreds of that thing. I don't know, I don't. It doesn't make any sense, but it's funny because you could tell that. They must have read like a Wikipedia page on tulips or something where they mentioned like <laughs> the the heat, the the dirt and the water, because there's like three conversations that happen all close together. This is before she goes into super scientific mode to try and produce blooms <laughs> in three days before that, when they're just like, what are we going to do about these bloomless flowers? How do we get them to bloom? They're <laughs> like, have you checked the dirt? Have you checked the water? Have you checked the temperature? And then somebody else is like, we've already checked the dirt and we've already checked the water and we've already checked the temperature. And then it's like, well, I suppose we could, you know, go over the dirt and the water and the temperature. But it's like the same three things. And they don't even like vary the language at all. It's not for like the pH levels of the dirt. It's just like the dirt, (laughs) the temperature. (laughs) 
in the same order three times within 10 minutes of the movie. I'm like, okay, someone got very excited about that little tidbit of tulip information during the research. I feel we skipped over something. <laughs> oh, did we? Um, and that is that there is a person of color in this movie. That is the only person of color in this movie, I think. Maybe Violet is a person of color. I'm not certain. I'm not sure what her background is. I don't know what her background um, is either. She's got strong tan. But uh, they go to a garden center run by a lady named Ada, uh, an African-American lady. And she offers some sage wisdom when she says, you won't know how you feel about something until you leave it. And when you miss it, you'll know you want it. There is no reason for her to give that uh, piece of advice to Rose. Because that is clearly advice referencing how handsome Tom is <laughs> and how he's good for her as a boyfriend. They're talking about tulips and how it's great to see Rose back with tulips. And that just comes out. And Rose just kind of, you get one of those soft romance movie things where it kind of focuses in on her face as she's contemplating Ada's words. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what? what's the point in this diversion at all? It's just like, let's go over here so we can point out that Tom might be the perfect man for you, Rose. Despite the fact that Rob is at home looking after him. Rob even rings her just to check up on her. She's all business. And she's like talking about the stuff. And he's like, no, I, I just I just rang to hear your voice. I'm like, oh, Rob seems like a really sweet guy. Rob is a sweet guy. I felt bad for him in that phone call where he just wants to talk to his girlfriend. And she's like, uh, and, kind of. Oh, yeah, dude. that's right. We are <laughs> boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was thinking about you as a coworker. Yes, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> I forgot about that. We were kissing and stuff at the start of the movie, but now I've seen the taller, more handsome version of you, and uh, I don't. I've given up on you. It was weird with Ada because Ada has been a friend of the family for a long time, apparently, and she's like, "Oh, it's so good to see mm-hmm. you. I haven't seen you in so long." Blah blah blah. And it's like, Tom, the broker, should be getting them new business. If he's just yes. buy, it's just selling and buying flowers between their existing relationships, then he is totally ripping them off. Because now they have a middleman where they were able to do negotiations by themselves. Like, he should be yeah, helping in some way. And he doesn't seem to be, except for being a farmer. <laughs> Not only is he ripping them off, but if they're friends with Ada... Like, the only thing he could be doing is driving up the price on Ada, who is their longtime friend. Yeah. So either they're getting screwed over by Tom or Ada's getting screwed over by Tom. And, like, you don't really want either of those things to happen. No. <laughs> it's, it doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, nothing in this movie makes <sighs> any sense. They, the, um, the two leads, I think they managed to have a couple of conversations in this time, one conversation where she wanted to move away from home because she wanted the option to do something other than farming and didn't want her, like, destiny, like, all laid out for her. She wanted to make her own choices. Mm-hmm. So she goes to college, and her roommate is big into interior design, and she thought, oh, I'll do that. And and that's what she's been doing. 
And it's strange because at the beginning of the movie, she seems super into interior design. You know, she's super perky, super happy. She sounds like she loves it. Yeah. And now she's kind of like, I don't know if I like it or not. (laughs) And it's like, really? Because you seem to just like last week. They have a conversation (laughs) where because she got the ultimatum to come home, she finally gets the flowers to bloom. Right. But they're not blooming well enough. Then she discovers the one that she put outside has grown into a perfect tulip. And at that point, she has a conversation with Tom, which to me comes out of nowhere, which is because at this point, they've not kissed it, not talked about it, anything. All they've ever really said is uh, you're a real country girl. And uh, she says, yes, I love the farm I just as you said I wanted to try something different and that's how I ended up in interior design right but he is clearly having a conversation about how they are perfect for each other and she's like I feel it too and then she admits she's got a boyfriend and it's like really shady the way she does it and it's like oh those weren't just work phone calls I he uh, 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 Rob is my boyfriend he's like wait you why would there be an issue like you haven't had any romantic leanings towards each other at all for the entire time you've been there yeah there's been a lot of looking at each other but they never flirt like they never flirtatiously touch they never have double entendres they never even make jokes and laugh with each other they're basically just working together that's it. They're two people who are working together I, with zero sexual chemistry. I'm like they're both attractive people, um, like non-threatening levels of attractiveness. But <laughs> they like there's other than that. There, there's no connection. There's no frisson. There's no point where they've reached for the same coffee cup, and there was just that lingering touch of fingers as they they made contact with each other. There was no oh, I need to squeeze past you uh, and, oh, let's have a little fun game where I push you or you push me around like this here. It's literally been, uh, let's go cut some flowers. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's cut some flowers. Oh, your dad might lose the farm. Don't worry about it. My name's Tom and I'm handsome and loyal and I won't ever turn my back on you guys. Oh, Tom, you seem like such a nice guy. I hate brokers. What? Yeah, they've interacted very little alone they've only really interacted with the parents there or with other workers so there's never been like an opportunity for them to even spark to each other because it's been like a week (laughs) and they've just been working exactly and they've just been working together and there's no reason for them to have this sudden conversations where she's forgetting that she has a boyfriend who seems like a nice guy and he is definitely turning his back on Violet in all ways that are possible um, because he really has a thing for this new girl, Rose, who seems really sweet and good at growing tulips. Yeah. And then there's a competition. Wait, <laughs> Is there she does go back. That? Oh, she goes home. She goes to home. LA. Um, the LA and the house is a success. And um, that was a very dramatic tells... reveal. She and goes... it was very quick. Yeah, and it's strange, too, because she's at the house with her boss, and you assume Mm -hmm. that they're going to be there with the clients to be 
to go over everything and explain, like, this is what we've done in this room, and let me know if you need anything to be changed, and da-da-da. But the clients aren't there at all. It's just them two. And then yeah. the um, the boss re-explains the stakes and is like, if you failed, it was going to cost you. And if you did well, it was going to help you. And you've done well. It helped you. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she, also, it's, it's, she we said, get to leave now weird. because apparently there's no reason for us to even be here. And then they leave. It's weirdly <laughs> aggressive. And they go back to the office and she says, now you're going to get to uh, design your own mountain chalet. And then Blondie is, or Rose goes, about that. And then the boss is like, oh, we've lost you to the flowers. What? <laughs> the boss has always been watching a different movie where there's a reason for her to go live in flowers because those flowers are going to get on perfectly well without her there. Literally, it's just because the dad broke his leg that she's even required on the farm at all. But she does tell her, and the boss goes, I wish you well. You are a good designer, and you have loads of talent. She does, and then does, Rob, I don't know if she even no. does that. She's just like, does she, oh, we lost you to the tulips. And then Rose is like, yeah. And she's like, she says one more thing. And then she just walks away from her to her desk in this giant office and then Rose doesn't say anything in response and just walks out and I'm like wait is that meeting over that that doesn't seem like a full meeting like you'd think that they would like shake hands I wish you well like I'm assuming this is your two weeks notice and and you'll leave on this date like nothing it's just like oh that's over you lost me to the flowers I'm going to walk out of your office now. <laughs> it just felt really abrupt. <laughs> it it was. It was incredible. Um, just so quick, just gone. Um, it's very funny. Uh, but then she goes and has dinner with Rob. And Rob breaks up with her. And she was going to break up with Rob. So it was just kind of like really amicable. And then he says, okay, let's have dinner now. And then they continue having their dinner after breaking up. Which I think is very nice. Like, it's like very that's, nice. that's well done because he's not an asshole. He didn't do anything. He didn't cheat on her. He didn't go behind her back. They, as you said earlier, they're just two people who didn't work out together. And sometimes that happens. Doesn't mean they can't be friends. So they just continue on being friends. It was funny though. She seemed slightly offended. Like, uh, no, I was going to break up with you because I'm the better one of the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the main character, so therefore I'm going to break up with you. It was, <laughs> Don't get it, it twisted. Was very I was funny. totally going to break up with you first, so like, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was very, very funny. Yeah, they do seem very amicable, um, which is nice. As I said, it's, it's, it's rare you see that in a movie. Normally they have to put in some sort of... Um, what's the best to describe it some sort of uh, argument or fight and then the, she realises that this person's no good for her but in this one it's like ah, we just kind of drifted apart and I want to live in the country and you want to live in the city so what can we do and then he's I think his wording is very good he says you deserve somebody who makes you feel amazing I don't make you feel amazing you don't make me feel amazing that doesn't make us bad people it just means yeah. we're not right for each other. And like that's that's lovely. 
It's a good one to remember, I think, <laughs> in the future. Yeah, don't next. don't use it's not you, it's me. Just be like, we both deserve people who make us feel amazing and we're not we're that not doing for each it other. for each other. So let's both move <laughs> forward. <laughs> and they do. So she moves, gets back just in time for the tulip uh, competitors or I'm um, sorry, judges to show up in their uh, Mercedes ready to judge the tulip competition. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. There's just like a fair. She goes and she meets Tom. <laughs> well, the, the parents, she goes to see the parents and says, I'm going to live with you now. Let's go to the competition. They go to the competition. Then the parents act real like shady, like, oh, I guess we'll hang back. And it's obvious that they want her to go talk to Tom. Uh, On Tom, her own. Yeah. <laughs> For like the second time ever. Because uh, everyone yeah. <laughs> knows that these two have tons of chemistry. Not the audience, but everyone in the movie knows this. And, oh, uh, God. <laughs> and then he goes and he talks to the judges. And the funny thing about the competition is, like, it doesn't matter who the runner-up is. But, like, earlier in the movie, they said even the runner-ups do really well. So you'd think that they'd, like, at least summarily go over that in the reveal where it's like... And the runner-up is somebody you've never heard of, and everyone claps politely, and the winner is... <laughs> but you don't. They just tell you who the winner is. And surprise, surprise, uh, the new old or new it or whoever they are, that family, um, they win with their tulip. They win. But before it gets announced they win, Tom and Rose have a big kiss, which becomes a, a hug stroke kiss. And then loads of people are cheering for them. Yeah, he kind of spins her around in a circle and everyone's like, oh, they're in love. That's cool. I'm applauding now. And everyone applauds and cheers like, woo. And I'm thinking, none of these people have ever seen the two of you together before. (laughs) Maybe they just like people being in love. In love. It could have been anyone. And they've been like, oh, look, two people kissing. I like that. I'm going to (laughs) applaud. You know, I'm a fan of two people kissing. (laughs) Tulips meaning other tulips, you know what I mean? Ah, also the ro- the tulip is named after Rose. Her dad says we're going to call it a tulip for Rose. Yeah, uh, which is a absolutely ridiculous name for a tulip. <laughs> it just yeah. Made let's me think compare of it song. to a more beautiful flower. <laughs> I don't know if it's more beautiful. It's very different than a rose, but no, I'm, it I'm does make it clear seem... right now. Objectively, it's a more beautiful flower. <laughs> Well, then. <laughs> from from all of my years in the competitive rose growing um, competitions, I will say tulips don't really have any fragrance, and roses obviously do. So roses have that in their favor. Yeah, that's true. Um, tulips are edible, and roses taste like perfume. <laughs> um, don't ask me how I know that for certain. <laughs> Were you dared to eat a rose? <laughs> Miss misspent youth of growing up in the countryside in Ireland. There's lots of roses in various gardens. And Did you end there's... up kissing a rose on a grave? Is that what happened? <sighs> uh, no. There used to be a tower alone on the sea. Um... <laughs> <laughs> My God damn, I love that. That song's going to be in your head now, uh, <laughs> Megan. It's all right for you. It's like 6 p.m. or half seven or something like that where you are. I, it's nearly bedtime for me over here in Ireland. And I'm going to be going to bed with Kiss from a Rose in my head and probably waking up in the middle of the night 
just like screaming it. My kid's gonna come running in. Are you okay, Daddy? And I'm gonna be like, Donald, you need to know. No, and then I'm, I'm not gonna sing any more lyrics, but like that's what's in my head. God, such <laughs> you a good need to tune. know that Seal will get inside your brain and mess it up. <laughs> he will. At least he's not gonna make me a little bit crazy like he sometimes does. <laughs> It's funny, the name of the tulip, a tulip for Rose, made me think of the song A Rose for Emily. So, like, the rest of the day, I was, like, humming A Rose for Emily to myself. Oh, as, as I like to call Emily, my podcast partner and best acquaintances. Um, I don't know if I'd ever get her a rose. I think she's more of a lily person. Hmm. She gives me that vibe. <laughs> See, this has never come up. Competitive roses, competitive tulips. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up on the next episode. I'll tell you that for sure. There, there sure. you go. What's your favorite type of flower if you're going to do competitive growing? <laughs> Ollie, what have you been smoking again? <laughs> <laughs> Megan, did, can I ask you a question? You may. Did you enjoy this movie? No. <laughs> Should we uh, go into our, our judgments of this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first because I'm not sure how harsh I should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we always have one to five stars uh, to indicate how good the film was. And then one to five whatevers to indicate how much joy we got from laughing at it. And so I guess we should have tulips this time uh, for our mockability yep, sale. Um, for goodness, I've seen movies with worse acting, but the acting was not very good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and there are weird things done with the editing where scenes just end and then the next scene just kind of starts. Uh, we have no idea what happened with Billy and that was supposed to be a big source of conflict. Uh, there's a conversation with Violet at the bonfire, but that's not really fully resolved either. Well, I guess at the end, they, like, tell her off. And, uh, and what's-his-face, Tom, is like, oh, I'm never going to work for you. Um, it, I never f- cared about Tom getting together with Rose. They both no. seemed to think that the other one was attractive, but they had no chemistry at all. They had very few scenes together, which doesn't make sense in a romance. And I found myself, like, checking my phone, doing other things, having to rewind and re-listen to things because I, like, started paying attention to something else instead. (laughs) It was very, very dull. It wasn't quite as dull as the um, April Fool's movie I watched with Becca, but it's still pretty dull. (laughs) So I guess I'll give it, like, one and a half stars or two. No, I'll give it one and a half. It's, It's not good. Um, in terms of mockability, there is the mockability of like, why the heck is this broker on a farm? And <laughs> still, <laughs> and there's mo- the mockability of like how excited she is in the beginning. And I got really excited because I thought, oh, she's going to be like obnoxiously perky the whole time. But she's not. She's just very dull the rest of the movie. Um, so I-, I give it like one wilted tulip as well, because it's just not <laughs> it's not that mockable. Okay, so I'm not as harsh as you. Okay. I'm going to give it two out of five because it is certainly a movie and it certainly is there. And 
it has a plot that makes sense if you allow it the leeway to think that these things might actually work and you allow it the leeway that it's a movie so therefore yes people will get into the situation where winning a tulip competition will mean the viability of their farm is yes or no um so yeah i'll give it a two out of five it's grand like it's the kind of thing where i would be happy to have it on in the background as i'm doing something else um well that's what all hallmark movies are for yeah it's like i'm baking i'm cleaning i'm doing a jigsaw puzzle with my family what can we do either music in the background or hallmark movie so two out of five i'm okay to get this now as for mockability this introduces the concept of competitive tulip growing and the idea that judges would come round and that like this is it's like best in show level of seriousness and and people really care about what the tulips go so for that i'm going to give it a one star for mockability and then for the sheer lack of sexual chemistry or tension that exists between any of the characters I'm going to give it another star. So I'm going to give it a two out of five in the mockability as well. Because literally, this might as well... like might as well be... not there's, there's nothing wrong with this. It might as well be an asexual movie because there is no chemistry between any of the characters at any point. No matter how pretty they are, it's just... No. Like, we, we are here and we exist in the same world together. Therefore, we must get married now. <laughs> it may as well have just been about a woman who was trying to decide, do I want to like live where my parents live and work on a farm? Or do I want to be an interior designer? Like there didn't need and to be men in it at all. Like it didn't have to have a romance angle at all. It wasn't 100%. Useful. Violet <laughs> could have been the broker, get rid of the dudes because there's no chemistry between any of them. So if they were moved out, it's just a woman who's making a decision about where she wants to spend her life do i want to spend my life closer to my elderly parents my dad just broke his leg they're finding it harder to look after the farm themselves or do i want to live in la doing interior design which i'm clearly semi-talented at and i've got uh, a job with a nice company and take rob and tom out of it and just like let's let's follow this girl as she goes and follows her dreams yeah. But which dream would she follow? <laughs> I'm trying to Google, like, tulip competitions. And there's, like, a dancing competition called Something to Do with Tulips. But I'm try- I can- I'm having a hard time finding a tulip competition. Good. I figured <laughs> out why I wrote down Carlos, by the way. Oh, why? Uh, he was in a movie called Barbarous Mexico, which is part of a horror anthology I saw a few years ago. And every time he walked on screen, people go, Carlos! Was he playing his, a character his character named called Carlos. He was, playing, he was playing a character called Carlos. So I've written down Billy and then beside it, Carlos with uh, three exhibition marks. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and I had, I had to go look that up on IMDb because I'm going, why would I call this man Carlos? But that's why. So he was in Barbara's Mexico. It's actually, if you can get it, it's a really good low budget uh, horror movie. What was it called again? Barbara's Mexico. Hmm. It was part of an anthology, so it was like, I think it's only about 15 minutes long, 20 minutes long. Sounds good. Hmm. I found something called tulipfestival.org. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know what it is. Um, we should look at We'll get all these links into the, um, into the podcast and we'll get people... Yeah. All of buzz over tulips. Maybe you could challenge your uh, listeners to 
create the perfect tulip. <laughs> yeah, why not just, you know, build a hot house in your backyard and see what happens? Why not? But as you know, you wouldn't even need a hot house because uh, Rose manages to grow the perfect one just by planting it beside its friends and shouting at it. <laughs> Don't forget to shout at your roses. Also, <laughs> why haven't you of- grown yet? Also, watch a lot of videos of people with Jersey accents and try to speak with a Jersey <laughs> accent around your tulips and see how that goes. Prince Charles was big into that for a long time. After what, talking tulips? to plants and trying, yeah, you know, oh. convincing plants to grow with uh, with music and talking to them. That's interesting. <laughs> well, he had he needed to do something while he wasn't becoming king. I guess. I guess he needs a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, hurry up and die, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always think it's so funny when people are like, oh, maybe he'll pass on the opportunity to be king and he'll just give it to William. I'm like, are you serious? There's he no way. He's waited so There's long. There's no way. Even if, he just, even if he just keeps it for two weeks, he would be king. <laughs> even if he's on his deathbed, he will do it from his deathbed. There's no way. There's no way he's passing up on that. Put, put the fucking crown on my head. <laughs> even if he needs to be like wheeled around. He won't care. He'll do it. Oh, yeah. It. He would go for it. Like, he has waited. So, Literally, his whole he, life. <laughs> his entire life he has waited. And also, she has been old for my entire years. life. <laughs> yeah, so, because I'm, I'm 37 now, and there hasn't been a day where I have been aware of the Queen, and I'm Irish, which means I was always aware of the Queen, <laughs> um, where she wasn't an old woman. Yeah. Which means... It's at least 37 years he's been hanging around waiting for that. <laughs> like Prince Prince William is only a year younger than I am. Oh, okay. Or two years younger than I am. So basically Charles was having grandkids and his and the Queen was old at that stage. Mm-hmm. So he has waited a long, 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 long time for this. And it's, you know, he's not going to pass up on it. He's going to like take it, wear it and then go, do you know what, William? That's not even that good. You can have it now. You think he'll get rid of it early? I think he'll, he'll keep it for a couple of years and then pass it on. He won't do the same thing to Will, I hope. He won't do the same thing to Will? Yeah, as in leave Will hanging along while he gets up to 900 uh... years old. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, wait, how did we get on to this? This wasn't even about <laughs> the royal family. <laughs> Everything's about the royal family. That's true. <laughs> and the lead up to the wedding. Do people really not care at all in Ireland? I imagine they don't care at all. Not even remotely. Yeah. They are nearest neighbours, but because <laughs> because of the troubles that existed for so long, yeah. people are just like, I don't care. And I, all everyone will say Harry seems like the fun brother and Harry's new future wife is beautiful. But nobody is going around trying to figure out what dress she's wearing for the the wedding. Nobody like the I'll tell you how bad it was. I work in a staff room with 50 people and the vast majority of them are um, women And because uh, I'm a teacher. And uh, when the new baby was born there, two, is it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Something like that. Most of the people were shocked that it was on the front cover of the newspaper. Oh, did, I didn't even know she was pregnant. Um, because we did, like genuinely, people just weren't paying attention to it. So... Whereas with their first child, everybody knew about it. 
yeah. But now it's like child number three. Nobody cares. No one cares about child number three. I don't even know. <laughs> what what did they call? What did they call child number three? Oh, I don't know. The only thing I've been seeing is like on Facebook where people have been trying to show like photos of themselves after childbirth to be like, it's great that she's already like walking around and looking gorgeous, but like most people don't have that experience. <laughs> yeah, here's a picture of me true. looking wretched. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, but that uh, it, like it's great she can do all that, but also she has the world's best doctors. And people who are, you know, looking after her 24-7. And if she has a little twinge in her back, she has like seven massages before going to bed that night. So, right, right. You know, it's, it's not something that the, your average person can aspire to. Again, why are we talking about the world or the world <laughs> cycle? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I think we're like properly done. We've already said this is one or two tulips mm-hmm. and it's one and a half to two stars. Tulips in spring. Excellent. Don't ever watch it. Um, Ollie, uh, yes. could you tell us about uh, Best Acquaintances or anything else you want to plug? Yeah, you can uh, come on to uh, and listen to Best Acquaintances. Megan has been a guest on our podcast, and it's where myself and my friend Emily, uh, we only know each other from the internet. We've never met, probably never will meet. Um, I don't because mean that to sound depressing. <laughs> because of the distance. Because she lives in It makes uh, it sound like Nevada. you're avoiding her or something. Uh, yeah, we're not avoiding each other or anything this year because we are legitimately very, very good friends. Um, we talk every single day and, and uh, you know, internet acquaintances as you do. Um, and uh, she lives in Nevada, I live in Ireland. And we realised that we have a lot of friends in common and a lot of these people have like really cool and interesting lives and do interesting stuff. So we said, why don't we Skype call somebody? And that's literally where the idea for the podcast was born. We Skype called one of our friends, Cheryl, and had a conversation with her and recorded it. And we were like, actually, this is really interesting. Because um, people have lots of little stories and they like to tell stuff that happened to them that might never have an opportunity to come up on Facebook. So since we all know a lot of people through our extended groups, like, for example, Megan and myself know each other through the uh, Flophouse uh, podcast Facebook group. Um, that's where we met. That's where we started chat- or chatting to each other. Um, it's the same thing with myself and Emily we're able to talk to these people that we only know through Facebook and find out about them. And I think so far we've done something like 70 odd episodes. As far as I like to think they're all really good. And everyone we've met has had five or six or seven really interesting things to tell us about. And you're like, wow, this is great. And everyone, when you listen to it, everyone starts out thinking, I don't have a great story to tell. And, most of the times when we're finishing an episode, we get lots of feedback from our listeners who say, wow, that's so cool that X, Y, and Z happened or that person P did option N or whatever it happens to be. And it's great. It's not it's because an algebra pod- podcast in case anyone was it's not. Trust me, it's definitely not an algebra podcast. Although if it was, I would be very happy to do that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the podcast around the minute. I'm currently going to set up Another podcast with um, one of our former guests, uh, Sarah um, Ift, or Sarah Ift Decker, and uh, it's on medieval period. Uh, Sarah is um, a professor in medieval studies, um, and I happen to like dudes with swords. So we're going to do a podcast about 
how the medieval era is represented in pop culture so in songs in movies in books and so we'll read a book or listen to a song or watch a movie and then discuss it in any given week so for example we might look at king arthur movies or we might look at robin hood stories or we might look at something about the crusades or whatever and uh yeah sarah's a great person um and she's going to hopefully uh stop me from talking as much shit as i usually do on a podcast because she's a, a real expert in this sort of stuff so it'd be very interesting to hear her take on a lot of this stuff is way way more interesting than i ever expected the medieval period to be so yeah and um, that's going to be called media evil and it'll be starting soon okay so the word media and then the word evil Evil, which apparently is the first or the original spelling of the word medieval. Oh, interesting. Hmm. See, I'm already learning uh, I, and I haven't even started listening yeah. yet. I didn't know that either. Sarah had to tell me that too. So. <laughs> that does sound like fun. I will say I have listened to um, quite a few Best Acquaintances episodes and it is very charming and delightful to hear uh, people who already like each other a little bit but know each other a little and uh just you know getting to know each other and and chatting and and getting more and more comfortable as uh the episode goes along so it is a fun listen thank you very much megan and uh, i said i highly recommend megan's episode she was delightful on it (laughs) well i was certainly drunk so (laughs) as as was i Uh, Megan, uh, I really enjoyed doing this. So I would also like to say, I know that there are several Will and Kate movies out there on both Hallmark uh, yes. and Lifetime. So if you want to have me back to do one about the uh, the the celebrity royal couple, I would be more than welcome to come. Oh, wonderful! That does sound like a good plan. <laughs> no worries. All right. Thanks a million, Megan. Thanks for being on. And uh, thank you all for listening. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at NABN Podcast. You can search for Not Another Bad Movie Podcast on Facebook or go to our website, notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com. And we're all the usual places you can get an RSS feed like Apple Podcasts. Thanks. We'll see you hopefully next month. Bye. Bye.